Well, hello, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Outdoor Evolution Podcast. So, after eight years of being part of the outdoor industry and community from literally every angle at this point, uh, as a as a consumer buying gear, a, a tester literally hiking thousands of miles while using different back pieces of backpacking gear, um, an independent reviewer with the YouTube channel, uh, a designer helping to co-design some gear with other companies, working on the media side of doing marketing content for clients in the outdoor industry, photos and video work, and now literally owning and operating my own gear company. I've, uh, you could say that I've had my, uh, my ups and downs with the industry, uh, some amazing stuff and some sort of negative stuff. Honestly, I've, I've been pretty burned more times than I'd like to admit by some gear companies in the past. And I've had some awesome situations and excellent relationships with some companies as well. So inevitably I always find myself along with, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now, asking the question, can I trust companies in the outdoor industry? And I guess you kind of come at that from any type of angle. Like, should I trust them about the price that they're charging me? Should I trust them about the materials that they're using? Or should I trust their, uh, uh, their ethics as a company? Ooh, that's a big one. Um, and I think that that's kind of funny to, for today's conversation. (laughs) Um, so with that being said, uh, my co-host for today's episode is I think a perfect co-host for this conversation because, uh, like me, he's been in a lot of different shoes in the industry at this point. Um, he shares my, I guess my, uh, he's, he's had a YouTube channel uh, somewhat, <laughs> right? Maybe. Um, he's, he uh, runs a gear company. Uh, he, he's tested uh, some stuff I would say. Oh, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and I've had a long relationship with him personally, professionally, uh, some ups and some downs, which, mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of the nod to the, um, the ethics thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mr. Matteo Favaro oh, from beautiful pronunciation. Yeah. 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 Pretty good. I from, uh, known from, from Z packs fame. Uh, yeah, yeah. uh, for some of you that are listening that maybe don't know who Z packs is, uh, an, an outdoor cottage gear company, um, that makes tents and backpacks and a little bit of, a little bit of everything. Welcome buddy. Well, Jesus, what the welcome. It was a good, I, it was a good uh, introduction, wasn't was, it? I, was I, I try o- to give some like real. I was overwhelmed a little bit. By, <laughs> was, I was mean, much? Yeah, uh, when you said r- runs, I mean, part part of the leadership team, I have been for a long, a long span of time. <laughs> I've helped direct some decisions, but I mean, the owner runs the company. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he's got an iron fist and an iron will, <laughs> but, but yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so I feel like, I feel like most people kind of know my journey Mm -hmm. and how I got into like the outdoor industry and, and like with getting into YouTube, I've told that story so many damn times of getting into YouTube and then testing gear and then all the situations, uh, maybe not all the details of how I've had some downs with some companies, um, (laughs) a lot of speculation, but, uh. For everybody listening, uh, how did you get into the outdoor industry specifically? So to getting in the outdoor industry, I guess um, when my late, really late 20s, yeah, really late 20s, I started backpacking, getting into the, the 
in general, really finding my way back to the wilderness. I really hadn't spent much time in it um, from my like late teens. And um, I went on a hike on my honeymoon and I was just re reinvigorated with, with uh, wanting to be outside, be backpacking, be in nature and the mountains. And uh, so I started backpacking after my honeymoon and uh, I came across uh, Z-Packs on my journey to try to get lighter. And I learned that, um, you know, they were selling different types of materials and I kind of got some designs, uh, you know, delusions of grandeur that I could buy some of these materials and with the help of my mother, sew something together and yeah, I, yeah. and I could lower my, my, uh, I didn't even know what a base weight was, but lower the total weight of all my stuff and, yeah. and really, you know, you know, have a better time in the outdoors. Um, so I, I remember I, that. Yeah. Like, when did you guys stop? When did you guys stop selling materials? Um, it wasn't so, crazy long ago, right? Uh, seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Really? Was yeah. You want to? You want a little tidbit there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, bring it back. Uh, no. No. Oh. <laughs> no. Well, we still sell certain a things. Bit inside baseball. But there was a company that you may have worked with in the past that you may or may not feel have burned you that, oh no that i noticed oh no that i noticed was buying an awful lot of stuff oh no to, to make competing <laughs> gear and uh and it got uh, and in general we were getting to the point where like collectively like we were selling out of material that we needed yeah. to actually serve our customers i always wondered why you guys did that yeah so <laughs> so we stopped and it was kind of a big internal battle if we should or not because we made you know x amount of money every year and it was pretty easy to sell the material well, and also you got like big time competitors right like rip stop by the roll and stuff like people yeah. that are literally there to do just that yeah so rip right? basically rip stop picked up it, we i think we sold it we've sold some stuff to them at some points nice. but rip stop basically picked up where we I'm not saying we created Ripstop, but it was like yeah, they yeah. immensely benefited sure, from us. Sure. And I remember that. Like I remember yeah. a lot of people that that used to make their own gear and people that I mean, I know multiple people that have yeah. started little like custom pack companies that started because they were buying material off you guys. Yeah, yeah. And so uh and I'm actually uh, sidebar this, I'm actually kind of torn uh on that a little bit because something we'll talk about later. Um uh, but when we talk about the pricing of the gear, but one of the interesting things that happened about two years ago, or maybe a little bit longer, was Cuban Fiber, Cubic Tech, was sold to the Dyneema Corporation, or what What the hell? DSM, not Dyneema. Yeah, yeah, DSM. They were sold to DSM. And, you know, so you got these Dutch guys come in, and the first thing they do is like, we're going to double the price of everything basically they didn't double the price they they raised the price quite a bit i think it was like 10 percent or something like that and then they doubled the moq and yeah. then like six months later they raised the price again and um and i remember having a conversation with with somebody at dsm and i was like you literally made it impossible for small companies to yeah. to buy and i was like you stifled the innovation with your goods in a way that's probably going to lessen the overall demand in a long-term thing. So, you know, while we stopped selling it, there was part of it that was like, ah, like we are, like we had to be able to continue to sell goods to our own customers. Right. And that's what, that was our issue. It wasn't necessarily we were necessarily trying to like squash this, the little guy. It was literally like little guys were buying so much of our material 
and it was so sporadic that we couldn't plan out to right. make sure we had enough stock of materials to continuously supply our core customer. Whereas like the Dyneema thing was more like, no, they priced out every little guy, yeah. which. Aha, see, you can't trust companies. Yeah, well, and, and, <laughs> and then and then whatever. So then like, you know, Ripstop, uh, I think you can get some stuff, maybe Dutchware sells, did or does still sell some some DCF. But um, still, it's at a still a pretty good premium, which still makes it difficult for anybody who's not just doing a one-off project. But anyway, sure. so, so anyway, we, sidebar. So that tangent. was a, we double sidebarred. We sidebarred <laughs> out of a sidebar. Sidebarred out of a sidebar. No, but anyway, so like anyway, so it goes uh, goes back. So I was trying to make my own stuff, and then um, I came back like a year later. I noticed that Joe had moved the company to the next town south of me in Florida, which. Still bewilders me how we ended Strange. up in like. Well, I think, every, I think yeah. everybody thinks that. How's the back? You guys have like a mountain on your logo. There's no yeah, mountains uh, in Florida. Come on, bro. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like 380 <laughs> some feet. If you get was it, um, Bach Tower. Bach Tower is uh, it's like they call it. It's like on Iron Mountain. It's like give me a break. It's so funny. <laughs> but it, but anyway, so I noticed he was like um, literally 20 minutes south of me. I sent him an email. Hey, can I pick your brain? Take you to lunch. Uh, and you know, we did that. And then when we got back from lunch, I was at his, in his driveway and he's like, Hey, you want a job? And I was like, doing, doing what? And he was like, sewing. And I was like, I don't know how to sew. I've never sewed in my life. And he said, uh, he's like, oh, I'll teach you. And I, yeah. and so my previous job was, you know, this was like, you're looking at early 2010. So my previous job, I was making architectural shapes and 3d design CAD work, um, you know, for new construction, and the housing bubble had just burst uh, 2008. So I was kind of in between finding myself and I just gave it a shot because like, uh, um, I like to have a good story. And sometimes I'll take a chance that doesn't make any sense yeah. because I'm just so, like. So random dude is like, yeah, hey, come hey, work for me. And, and so, I was like, I was, I was getting into backpacking. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, I, I mean, what better way to learn and like be exposed to it than to be, yeah. you know, working for a backpacking company. So, yeah, so that's how I got started right and at that time at that time it was just joe and his wife and when they hired me it was the three of us uh in their two-car garage in palm bay florida yeah and like not not like a finished garage that was like fancy and had air conditioning it was like no a two-car garage and they left the the door to the house open (laughs) to try to cool it down you know um and you know at that time actually it was like so it was bizarre to me is um they uh, would take orders for basically two weeks. They'd get themselves two months worth of work and they would shut the website down, just stop uh, taking orders. And I was like, why are you doing that? I was like, what, like, let's I, I feel like I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And so I was just like, yeah. what? I was like, let's like, I got friends and family. I could get, we, I could get people. And if you're trained me to sew, we can train them to sew. And, and, uh, I remember it was like, this is such an insight into Joe. This is like I don't think I ever told this story, um, like oh, publicly. This will be fun. No, it's it's not it's not crazy. <laughs> but I remember he was like, uh, he was always savvy with his money. He was a computer, uh, like software engineer, like yeah. be- before. Um, and so at that time, he was like, I own my house outright. I own my car outright. I don't have a single penny of debt. And he was like, I know that with all my expenses and food, I need to make this amount of money. I think it was, it was like $14,000 or something ridiculous like yeah. that. I can live. I don't need to have more sales. Like that's, I'm fine with that. Right. I don't, and um, and I guess like he was kind of reluctant when I pushed him. I'm like, yeah, let's, uh, we can hire some people. 
and like keep it going and not shut the site down. And it's so wild to think where he's at now yeah, compared yeah. to that moment. Yeah. And um I need yeah. to get him on the podcast. Sometimes. Yeah, I'm telling you, you're the only one. Yeah, you think so? I think you're, you're loose anymore. Well, it's not the like not you're not the only one for anybody that's ever met Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's an interesting guy. He's like, an he, interesting. He's guy. an engineer. He's like you know that's his brain. And my like, my favorite Joe is Joe with drinks in him. Joe with drinks is Joe on a train in Scotland. Oh my drinking God. tenants hammered, <laughs> hammered. But that's the thing is like when he's not hammered. He's like, we would joke, he's almost like a robot. Like, right? He's just this engineer brain. He's kind of like a robot, like pretty emotionless. But you get a couple of drinks in him, and the guy is like a lot of fun to be yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like, because your relationship with him, I think you'd be the one to get the best uh, podcast out fun. of him. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why not. And then he could tell everybody how everything I'm saying here is not true or what's yeah, up. That, that seems That'd like that, that's a Joe. Yeah, that's yeah, a Joe. Man. He loves to like do, do that. <laughs> um, but it's fun. I, th- I like to think that he respects me. We'll find out if he comes out of your podcast. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so we we, um, we ended up hiring people and we, we ended up needing a shop after we got to like eight or nine people. Like yeah. we literally had, has, had his two-car garage maxed out and we took up a whole nother room in his house and we were just at the point where it was like, we're a business now yeah. and like, you know, you pay real taxes and payroll tax. Like we're a real business. So we ended, moving to, ended up moving to a small shop and we kind of grew a little bit. And then he decided he was going to go through hike the Te Aurora in New Zealand. And he decided it was a good idea to leave me in charge of that. <laughs> so at that point I had gone from, I was in charge of the, like the backpack department at that point, yeah. right? Which was like three people. So it sounds yeah. cool. Why do we need anybody in charge? Um, but when he left and he was gone, it was like I was answering every email, you know, uh, so all customer service, entering every order, shipping every order, hiring, training, payroll, ordering material Jeez. so we didn't run out. Yeah. Um, and so he came back. The business didn't burn down. I didn't steal money from him. He was like, okay, this is all right. <laughs> And uh, so I kind of just kept working my way up. And then I would say probably three or four years after that, we got to the point where like he he and I both uh, running like our respective parts of what we were doing were kind of just over our heads. We needed some actual people with experience and, and yeah. um, professional experience to come in. And so through that, we've kind of been evolving that way ever since. And uh, so I have, evolved through a few different positions, but basically in marketing and branding has always been kind of my uh, sweet spot in life. I was in uh, a band. I was in like a nonprofit soccer supporter organizations um, and, and and all kinds of other things. And Making a lot of t-shirts and buttons. <laughs> t-shirts, buttons. Patches, and flyers. at the end of the day, like bringing people together and getting them to believe in yeah, something, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, and i believed and still believe in our brand uh so much and i really feel i kind of say that it's like if joe owns the owns the company it's his company 100 percent. but i definitely feel especially what happened in the early years i kind of co-parented it a little bit um so like i'm very very um protective so sometimes uh, you want to say Joe owns the company, but I run the damn. No, thing. that's what no, you're say. no. Oh, I can see it in your face. Oh, if you knew, <laughs> here's a here's a. We'll come into the office yeah. on a Wednesday morning, and there'll be 
10 separate emails in my box and yeah. another director's box and another director's box and another direct all sent between 1:30 and 3:30 in the morning. It's like Joe is into running the company. Like he he's always got his eyes on Did you know everything. there was a random this here's another sidebar yeah. thing. Did you know there was a random narrative that Joe sold the company and didn't own the company anymore? I've had yeah. multiple people be like, "Hey, you know those guys at Zpacks, right?" And I was yeah. like, "Well, sorta. I mean, yeah. I I've worked with him here and there, and and I know Matt. Matt's a friend, but I don't, I I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, yeah, yeah, he sold it, and I'm like, I don't think so. No, no, there. I don't know where, that, don't know where that comes from. I don't either. There's like, people they say a lot of things, don't they? Type they, of thing. Oh boy, I tell <laughs> yeah. you, I could tell you some shit they say. Yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Like what? And, uh, yeah, I saw something not too long ago. It's like, yeah, they don't even make their stuff in the U.S. anymore. Uh, and I'm like what i was like do you want do i need to like do a face uh or instagram live where i walk out on the floor uh, yeah, and yeah. show you everybody who's sewing tents and backpacks and sleeping bags and our, our rain jacket like what like like what yeah no we do like yeah we don't make our trekking poles in the u.s because we're not an expert at making trekking yeah, poles yeah. and like you need specialized uh, specialized equipment that's beyond our scope of expertise but yeah it's like our core products are made in the u.s right. and they always have been so but so so you you have literally then literally wore every like shoe in kind of the whole gear or we'll say out outdoor gear company then like kind of the ins and outs right because i mean if you started as like a sewer and then you helped with hiring and helped with this and helped with ordering and helped with you know my least favorite all of it hr hr yeah (laughs) dealing with with (laughs) dealing with um that yeah <laughs> and i don't need even to say anymore like the um, i and this i don't this isn't unique to zpac so i'm not like this is i'm trying to make a large generalization to, uh but it's like i always thought when i was younger that like as you got older like you kept maturing and growing and then like after living 46 years on this planet i realized that we all stop basically at middle school oh yeah yeah it's about it's about 14 oh, yeah it's like the same silliness that you see people doing in middle school really like fortune 500 companies it's still oh, yeah. the same i it just I've, sometimes it may be worse yeah. yeah so i don't know but that's my least favorite part so with that experience then and, and kind of like going back the start of all of it like when mm-hmm. you first got into it um do you remember? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of start the conversation. Then we'll come back to it because mm-hmm. I got another funny question to, or, or something funny to riff with you about. But uh, do you remember, like, when you first saw, like, a cottage company? So I would was Zpax kind of your first cottage company of stuff that you saw, or was there another company? Yeah, that kind of I mean, it, I was being no, it was definitely like my first exposure to a cottage company. And to be honest, there was a, like I would say, I mean, uh, Hyperlite started like right around when I started, because I started 2010. Like that's when Hyperlite kind of was was really starting. Uh, Enlightened was like a, in that uh, area as well. The only company that was really around for a, who was doing like truly that, the same approach that we were doing in 2010 was kind of a early Gossamer gear, which had oh, been okay. around for yeah. a while. I mean, like you're talking early 2000s. Yeah. Gossamer gear. I knew was they around. were a pretty early one. Oh yeah, like Glenn Van Pesky was yeah, yeah. was he was doing good stuff in the yeah, early. Yeah. T- I mean, not that he's not now, like, but still, like, yeah, yeah. And so, so then, do you remember kind of seeing some of the prices that people were tra- like cottage companies specifically? Yeah. Because obviously, like, 
if, if we're talking about like bigger companies like North Face, and it's funny, I'm actually calling out all these names because typically we never name drop unless yeah. <laughs> on the our list. Typically, I don't, but now I don't really care. Um, do you remember seeing the prices of things like you know uh, at the time Cuban fiber tent, and 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 looking at that, and then knowing like you know the price of maybe a tenant, we'll say Dick's Sporting Goods or a, a Sportsman's Warehouse or whatever you had. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, comparing, like, do you remember some sort of sticker shock or being confused to why they were so expensive? Um, I don't know if I was confused. Like, I, um, my first backpacking tent was a $29, you know, 50% off tent I got at Sports Authority. Sports Authority, there you yeah, go. Yeah, Sports Authority, which is no longer an exi- RIP Sports Authority. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, so... Maybe apparently, apparently they weren't the authority. <laughs> yeah, they were not the authority on all sports, sports. apparently. Uh, no, so uh, I think my exposure to the ultra, especially jumping into a company, was so early. Yeah, that maybe I felt like I maybe got indoctrinated. Ooh, that's a, a very controversial word to say right yeah, now. Yeah. But I feel like I might have got indoctrinated. <laughs> Easy, bro. It's 2023. Oh, <laughs> Don't use words like indoctrinated. I'm sorry. I, I may have uh, drank the Kool-Aid of the ultralight uh, mindset and philosophy a little early. So like, right. but also at that time, like um, our D, I think we had a DCF tent called the Hexmit Solo that just had a screen yep. floor all the way underneath. There I wasn't like it. a solid floor. So, I mean, you're talking like less than $400. So, even though it was still expensive, you know, like um, if you were comparing that to like whatever Nemo Hornet or, or Big Agnes yeah, or yeah. whatever, Fly Creek 2, it like wasn't that much more, right. right? But you were getting a lot lighter weight tent, a lot minim- more minimalist. So, I think it was like maybe for me at that time a little bit easier to justify sure. the pricing on that before I had as much experience as I do now. Well, the reason I ask and kind of the reason for the episode is and really, you know, over the years, and, and I started this way as well, and obviously over the years and, and having different experience with stuff have changed my opinion and, and now I understand a little more is is the fact that like I remember whenever I was first really getting back into backpacking, same thing, like mine came from Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, yeah. Dicks is still around, and they're still dicks. Um, but <laughs> I used to work for dicks, yeah. <laughs> which is why I didn't say yeah. that. Um, I had this like Copen two-person front entry tent, uh, super cheap. At the time, I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. But I probably paid like a hundred bucks for it if I had to take a guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I remember seeing, not necessarily like uh, say a Z-Pax tent or or a tent from any other cottage company first my first exposure to what I thought was crazy expensive tent was Big Agnes. Yeah. Because I had seen I'd seen some Big Agnes tents probably on like a I was just starting to dive into at that point, finding out about long distance trails, things like the AT. So there's yeah. whiteblaze.net, which uh, still going strong. Yeah. Yeah. Viva the White Blaze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes uh-huh. I go on there for 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 information. Yeah. yeah. And, and I remember seeing these you know, oh, Big Agnes. What is Big Agnes? Then finding out, oh, Big Agnes at the time was like made still in Colorado Springs or, or a bunch of their stuff was yeah, still yeah. made. They, I think they were still outsourcing some stuff, but some of the stuff was still made right there in Colorado Springs, I think is where it's at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, we ended up buying a Big Agnes Copper Spur UL2. And I think at the time the tent was like 500 bucks or something. Ooh. 
which is funny to now think about that in the grand scheme of things and and kind of the conversation today is over the years, you know, I have used a lot of, well, I've used a lot of your guys' tents. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used some other tents, but, you know, typically like when I do a review or a breakdown, like I'll, it weighs this much and then I'll always end in like how much at the time of the video, like it retails for, which if you've ever watched a YouTube video, anybody listening to this, like that's how everybody does it. It's yeah, just yeah. kind of standard. Um, you want to tell all the specs first and you want to, then there's the sticker shock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, which is which is funny because there's two types of YouTubers reviewing ultralight gear. Yeah, there's ones that are like, like they'll end, they won't even mention the price as a con. They'll be like, oh, this is a great tent. End of story. Okay. Yeah. And then there's like the people who like aren't necessarily like primarily ultralight mindset, and like they're like. Well, you know, the con is it's really expensive. Right. Well, so, I even think I yeah. say a con is yeah. expensive in my stuff. It's like yeah. it is expensive, but exactly. And kind of the, where the conversation, like I want to go today, is like it's all about use case, right? Yeah. So inevitably, I'll make a video and I'll be like, hey, "Here's this tent," and by the way, it's seven hundred dollars, and it'll never fail. Like there'll be tons of comments um, of just like that's outrageous, that's overpriced for a tent. It's happened with backpacks. It's happened with oh, of course all kinds of stuff, right? Um, so I remember in the early days of seeing like, well, I remember when I bought my duplex of like, I can't remember how much I paid for it whenever I first bought it. It would have been 2017. Five ninety nine. How good are you? Five ninety nine. There it, you go. The duplex was five ninety nine from the day it was launched until like two years ago, year and a half ago, yeah. basically until, until Dyneema raised the price right. twice. Right. We still didn't raise the price, right? So it was it was like eight years the duplex was available, and the price was exactly the same, even though our overhead continued to grow, right? And when yeah, and when they raised the price twice, we didn't push that back on the customer for for a couple of years, right? Yeah. So you know, I remember it being super expensive when I bought it, mm-hmm. which in funny in in retrospect, like only a hundred dollars more than like I'm pretty sure we paid five hundred for. A copper serve maybe it was a little cheaper yeah. whatever it was at the time it was big money yeah, it yeah. might have been 300 now that i'm thinking about it but still big money at the time yeah, like yeah. i couldn't believe spending that much on a tent which you know that tent it led us to doing the entire at with it and we used it for a bunch of other stuff so it's like we got our money's worth yeah. out of it but um again like people will always be like well that's outrageous this company's overcharging for this tent and there's no reason a, a tent should be that much money and my first off argument is just always kind of use case. And, and I'll always say like, well, for me, like, yeah, $700 is expensive for a tent, but I am going to use this tent, you know, every night or almost every night for like four to six months. And when yeah. I break it down and <laughs> you do the math, like that's not bad for four to six months worth of rent. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> living out of something every night, it's going to keep me dry and hopefully dry. Um, and you know, give me a place to live. But um, also now like being more in the industry, helping other companies design stuff and then now owning a company and like making products, um, I also now understand like everything that goes into it. Not that I never didn't because I'm an entrepreneur by heart. I've had employees in the past with other companies. So I get what it costs to keep the lights mm-hmm. on and, you know, yeah, keep people working. Um but now it makes so much more sense to me. And now like I'll, I'll know what goes into a product, know what the, uh, I guess the, 
the profit is of selling it after you're paying all these other things. And then it's like, oh, when well, the grand scheme of things, I guess that's not really that expensive. It is expensive, again, if you're the person that's going to go out and just hike a couple weekends a year. Yeah, well, sure. But is. but even then, there's there's um, you like you said, use case scenario. I made a noise. You did make a noise. I did make a noise. There's probably noises going on in the background. A big noise. It's a busy, busy day outside. Um, but yeah, it's use case scenario, right? And so it's if you're, you know, a parent goes like going out with your kid or or you know maybe a couple kids, five nights a uh, a year, you probably don't need it. Like right. you 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 don't need a seven hundred dollar tent, or if you're going out with two kids, an eight hundred dollar tent. Right. Um, that's not for you. But there, you could be someone who's either a little bit older or someone who's had knee or back issues, and you still want to go out 10, 20 days a year, which you know isn't a through hiker, but your body can't take a wear, wear and tear. Sure. So if you can take a tra- you know quote unquote traditional a pack weight of like I'm just gonna throw out a number thirty pounds. Sure. You know for you know a couple of days. Or you can lower that down to like 15 or 16 pounds. What you're going to be able to accomplish with an ultralight setup is like you wouldn't be able to do it without it. So for you, it is worth the money, even though the amount of days spent on trail isn't a lot. Well, I think that comes with anything, right? Like I I know people that spend like $1,000 on a single golf club. Yeah. (laughs) And and they got like a setup. This is going to tell you my ignorance to like sports, like 12 of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you can have up to like 24 clubs or something ridiculous. Well, I mean, (laughs) you got, yeah, you got a lot of irons and you got a couple wedges and a putter and like four. You can have four woods. I I have played golf before. (laughs) I've never played golf a day in my life. I gave my clubs away to the Goodwill, but I did. And I, instantly regretted it right that's how it always is but you live in florida though like yeah. you kind of have to play oh, golf there, oh right? man isn't most of florida just a giant like, golf resort not, not only can you not afford <laughs> not only can you not afford to live in florida anymore like <laughs> you can't afford to golf in florida anymore it's like oh my god but anyway but anyway so it's like it's the use case scenario and i think a long distance backpacker has the easiest excuse it is your home yeah for, for you can easily justify it for four to six months right. but like i think the analogy i make and it's the best one i've thought of so far and it could be a a shit one but it's for me it's like it's not everybody needs a high performance sports car most people can get around with a Corolla and there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with a Corolla there's no shame in a Corolla but like most people don't need that high performance car but the same and there's also trade-offs with a high performance car you've got a bad a badass like corvette and you barely ding like a post in the walmart parking lot and like your tire fender is like destroyed and it's going to be like five thousand dollars to fix it right i'm not saying ultra equipment is fragile but what i'm oh, saying that's what i heard but, oh that's what i heard God, you heard it here first folks. it's a bad you heard I, it here first it's a bad analogy <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you know what I'm saying. Exposed. But you know you have to you've got to understand what you're getting into, and it's yeah. and the trade offs have to be worth it for you because of the value it provides. And I don't think there's a universal use case. I think that right. there's a lot of reasons why an ultra like setup makes sense for people. And I think you know some people are like I could just afford it. I want to make my life easy. I don't care if I'm going out two nights a year. I can afford it, and I'm, I want the best experience. Okay. So, so where do you think the whole like narrative of like Oh, this company's ripping you off. Because that's that's the thing. And that's what I guess I mean by like, can you trust outdoor gear companies? Like, are they actually ripping you off? Like, where do you think the whole narrative of ripping it off? Because I, I kind of have my 
speculations mm. of like the biggest cause. Um, and it's not anything new and there's been other things, but like, I think Amazon is maybe a big yeah, one yeah, but... because people are so used to like getting cheaper stuff. But like, why do you think that people think that a $700 tent is something that they're getting ripped off for? I th- honest, honestly, I think that people real really have no idea when it comes to certain, certain ultralight fabrics, how expensive the fabric is. Period. The right. end. That that's a good one. Like yeah. just like how much money just in fabric is involved? D- can you how how much? We don't use we don't work with DCF. Like right now, DCF. Oh, I, like I, what what you guys make a tin out of? I don't know what the current price is. I haven't been in purchasing for a while, but I know that it, it's ex- if you had to take a expensive. guess. I, mm. like what was the last what was the last how much did it cost a square square yard it depends it depends on the weight and all that stuff but i mean i think your best bet i i'm not qualified to answer that question anymore <laughs> to be honest go to ripstop by the roll and figure out <laughs> whatever they're charging to uh like what we're paying for it is a little is a little less right because you're buying so much yeah yeah so we get get a better pricing but it's it's expensive and then we use for us right um this this is a a big differentiator between us and some of our competitors so we're made in the u.s man like we pay really good um maybe you know i'm sure somebody in, in the shop may listen to us i was like we pay really good wages I'm like oh the hell <laughs> oh, you shit do. i want to raise <laughs> but but like our sewing machine operators like we have pay bands and they're based on comparable jobs in the region like we're at like the top of the pay band for our sewing machine operators sure. we pay like r- really um higher than average wages for sure. for that skill set and you know with that it's like you know we have the overhead workers comp you know health insurance like Boom! But it just keeps going and going and how going. Many, how many people do you have at Z-Packs now? Uh, I think it's holding over like one thirty right 130, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've we've been making um, some pretty good um, productivity um, and process improvements, which which has been really good. Which has allowed us, like, when we have natural attrition, like, sometimes we just don't have to, like, we're doing more with uh, with the amount of people we have just from process improvements and productivity improvements and training and things like that. So it's like that's allowed us to run a little bit leaner than we have in the past. We were almost at two hundred people at one point, but yeah, it's because we didn't, we were our processes weren't great at that time. But regardless, all that being said, it's like mm-hmm. you guys are spending and like a lot of cottage companies that like are of size like you guys are spending a lot of money just to have people make the product oh a hundred percent yeah because i mean i I don't know like i know here in flagstaff the minimum wage and like nobody really pays minimum wage anymore like the minimum wage here is like 1680 an hour What, what do you know what it is in florida right now with the minimum wage in Florida, yeah. you know, I think probably it, pretty low, right? Yeah, they passed. <clears throat> it just went up in September. I don't know the exact figure. It, they passed uh, legislation like a year and a half ago, or maybe two years ago, to raise the minimum wage to fifteen, but in staggered steps. So I think it's still, yeah, it's like so <laughs> September. September it went up to like I don't know eleven fifty or so. I'm just throwing that out. I don't know yeah. what it is, but it's like I think by twenty twenty seven or something or. Five, it's supposed to be fifteen dollars an hour. I still think it's. I think it's seven dollars and twenty five cents. Twenty five cents. Federal in Indiana, minimum. where I'm, yeah. where I'm from. Yeah, federal minimum wage. 
blows my mind. Yeah, it's in uh, this economy. Uh, uh, <laughs> record, record, record corporate profits, but a minimum wage has been the same for thirty five years. It's, it's insane. Like, yeah, it's like yeah, how, I, I watched yeah. this video breakdown recently on on Instagram talking about how someone was breaking down. They're calling this era uh, the silent depression. Have you have you heard of that term? No, but and it what that makes means. me feel good. The silent depression basically means like they they ran a bunch of numbers and like with inflation, people people were making your average labor uh, worker was making more an hour during the Great Depression than people are in now. And all of that's like, you know, for, for cost of living, like when you factor all that oh, in, yeah, of yeah. like how much gas costs, food, you know, all of that. It's people were making more during the Great Depression than what they're yeah. making now. When you, when you, there's a, there's a great chart that you have to look, <clears throat> you'd have to find it and Google it. It's pretty, pretty easy. I'm sure you could find it where it shows the average productivity of the American worker. And it was just like skyrocketing. And I think it was like the mid seventies wages were like basically the same line following it. And then like early eighties with trickle down economics that they just, the wages flatlined and productivity kept growing. This just means the companies were making more money and not passing it down. Yeah. They, it wasn't trickling down. Right. And, um, yeah, it's it's tough out there. I don't know. How do we get Are we on Fox News? How do we yeah, get Yeah, I was going to say. How do we <laughs> <Welcome>. get here? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Outdoor Evolution Economic yeah. Podcast. Um, <laughs> so with all that being said, I mean, you know, I, I think that people kind of maybe have this thought of, because there are some, and we won't call out names because I don't want to do yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but there are obviously some quote unquote cottage companies in the industry. Mm-hmm or some other companies, um, whether they call themselves Cottage or not, that are making pretty similar products to some completely U.S.-based Cottage companies. Oh, yeah. And so I, to me, I think that's where some people maybe get confused because they're like, well, well, this company over here that's also a small company is selling, uh, we'll say, a tent or backpack, whatever, for this price. Um, and then you're a company that on the outside, like – Oh, you're the same size, and you're the same type of company, a cottage company, and that I feel like that term's really loose now. The term cottage company it used to mean a certain thing. Now it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, well, I are... think there was companies that were cottage companies that like just kept growing, and nobody stopped calling them a cottage cottage right. company. Is <laughs> like, like, would you consider ZPAC still a cottage company? Um, I think we serve the a niche, is what I would a say. Cottage niche. Yes, that started there, but I would say the niche has grown exponentially as well, like sure. the size of it. So, I mean, realistically, um, if you're over a hundred uh, employees, you're probably it's hard to call yourself a cottage company. Right. Like, like we have like every day that we grow, we get more and more like like a like a big boy company, you know, sure. like and um, you know, and with that comes limitations too. But it's um, yeah, I think there there's probably not a lot of companies that I would I personally would consider cottage companies still in our space. There's I could probably name um, you know, five to right. seven of them. Uh you know, most most companies have outgrown that right. term in my opinion. But I think like there's some of these companies, so they're all kind of compared, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't know what you call it, because it's not like the cottage company industry. And I'm I'm trying not to say specific because I I could lump a bunch of names together no, and say I, like this company this I company, think it's this the ultralight backpacking there you go. community okay. is like that, what that's I would a, say that's perfect yeah so 
you have all these companies, but some of these companies aren't manufacturing in the U.S. Uh-huh, and yeah. they're not using certain materials. So they are doing, which I don't think there's anything wrong. Me personally, I'm a person that doesn't think there's anything wrong with whether you're doing it here or you're doing it there. Because most companies do some there, do some here. Um, but I think that's where a lot of the confusion comes from because someone will see a tent from some company that isn't made in a certain place where like wages are higher, where mm-hmm. you, you know you're you're covering insurance stuff like that, uh, manufacturing at a house somewhere else, and whether that's overseas or even you know here. An example of that is like our company, Evolve Supply Co. It's like we don't make our pack in house. So I don't have a bunch of personal mm-hmm. overhead and sewing machines oh, that yeah. I have to take care of. We're, it's still made in the U.S., but it's not done by me, so I don't have to pay that. I'm paying somebody else to manufacture it, which I would assume doing that is going to cost less than you making a backpack. Even though it's still made in the U.S., I bet you it's cost maybe. What do you, would, would I be paying more or would you be paying more to make a backpack? What, and what And what? As in, like, say we're both using the exact same materials, right? Well, if you're making it overseas, no, 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 here, or, here in the U.S. Like, so my our, our, my stuff is made just outside of Denver, small shop, eight people, um, and but I'm paying that shop to make our pack, manufacture our pack. Yeah, it. I would say it depends. It probably depends on that shop. Um, I would think that you would pay more, though, right? What for us to make it internally? But, but we have a lot more flexibility like and also you get economies of scale as well it's like we can cut more at once we could assembly line a certain step and be more productive like if you're on i'm just gonna throw a random number like if you're only making 50 of something and let's say a backpack and you're gonna make 50 shoulder straps it's like you're the person making the shoulder straps can only get in so much of a rhythm sure where it's like if we have somebody who only makes shoulder steps all day, every day, forever, they're going to be way faster making a shoulder yeah, strap, true. right? That's true. And like, and and if you're spending six to eight months between your orders, every time you reorder at a small shop, they probably got to relearn how to make the shoulder strap. That's true. And then they got to relearn how to get into a groove. So I think it's de- it depends. Okay. I would say maybe I'm, that was a bad example. Not necessarily. I just I think it's not a universal thing. I right. think if you find the right shop with the right expertise, maybe you do get it for less or the, or the same. And getting it for the same is less headache. So it's actually and it frees up your time, which is a more valuable resource sometimes sure. than the money. So so then, I guess I keep getting off the I keep getting on a tangent. Yeah, let's. Uh, I want ta- four tangents deep inception side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just inception, an inception podcast conversation yeah. within a conversation. <laughs> Yeah. So you can't follow it. That's what, yeah. li- what my goal is. So the, the 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 listener right now is just like, what in the shit is going on? I have no clue what I'm listening yeah, to. This is interesting, but I don't really yeah. know. Where, Where is this going? Talking about? They were talking about wages versus productivity. <laughs> um, so I think that the big fear are people not trusting outdoor companies, again, is because you see this company making, we're going to say a tent, because mm-hmm. I always think of you guys, and like you can think of this however you want to. I think of you guys as a tent company, number one. I always yeah. have. I always will. It's fair. Um, because I know that Joe probably got started making packs, hence Z-Packs. Mm-hmm. That would yeah. be my guess. Yeah, packs first. Right. But in my eyes, I'm like, you guys are a tent company. I'm going to you guys for tents before anything yeah. else. We we achieved our, most, our highest level sure. of success with our tents. Our tents basically 
uh, the duplex in particular was basically the gold standard of sure. long distance yeah. bag for basically a decade. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you can go to PCT days or trail days and you go to tent city and it's like, like there's a lot of them. Yeah. yeah it's just, you're overwhelmed yeah. by the amount of them. So, so then there's you guys making a tent and then there's this company X, um, making it pro you guys are Z. So this is X. <laughs> X company. Oh, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else heard that too. Two, two. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so there's uh, two companies, but one company is making it in the U S yeah, yeah. one company is making it overseas. Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I guarantee you guys are paying more oh, 100%. for the labor than yeah. it is overseas. I mean, that, I, I think anyone listening to this is not dumb to that. It costs less to make things yeah, overseas. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe that's where a lot of confusion comes from because people see this tent from this company or this pack from this company or this fill in the blank, whatever it yeah. is, shirt, sweater, yeah. the list goes on and on. And they're like, well, but this company's selling it for two hundred dollars cheaper than you're selling it, and then you're like, "But yeah, a lot." But <laughs> yeah, it's but, like, "But I'm, I'm, we're also like, we're making it here, which obviously we have to pay more. We're using these materials, where obviously they cost more." And I think that there becomes this like very weird, like mm-hmm. people not trusting companies because there's just, I don't think people really understand the ins and outs of it. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are very transparent about that and be like, yeah, 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 we, we don't manufacture our stuff here. Like I was just super transparent about like, yeah, we make our packs just outside of Denver. Like I'm not, I'm not sitting in the next room. You can't lie. You you, you have to, you have to, can't lie. That's like part of our, our our core principles of the company is honesty, integrity, and stewardship. So it's like, you you have to be honest where your stuff's being made. But I think there's these blurred lines and then, yeah. you know, you also have a lot of people coming into the space that maybe are used to seeing, uh, and I'll say it because it's true. I've seen it a lot, like ripoff versions that oh, yeah. are like manufactured by an overseas company that you can buy on Amazon, right? Like you said, the duplex, gold standard. I know of oh, like yeah. at least three, what was the, what's that tent called? The Landshan. The Landshan, there it is. Yeah. I, I did, a, I, I did, I suggested a Landshan tent years ago. I think I even compared it to one of your guys' tents. Yeah, well, I mean, it basically I was like, it's is. a cheap, it, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. cheaper version. Yeah. Um, so I think that maybe that's where, God, is it my fault? Am I there? No, no. <laughs> I'm playing devil's advocate so, here. So I mean, but that, I wouldn't, yeah, in terms of performance, I wouldn't call that an apples to apples comparison, right? Like you're, ta- you're talking, um, like, uh, not entry level, what's the word that I'm looking for? But it's basically, it's like, it's getting the feature set close enough. Right. But Which is you, a good starting point. Yeah, exactly. Would, that's what I was. Yeah, was and so it's like, okay, the material—if it's still nylon, it's gonna wet, get wet. It's gonna sag. It's you know, you, when you pack it up, it's gonna be heavier after the rain. Like there, there's, there's a lot, right? You, you know, that goes into that. But it's a good. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a good place right. if that's where you're at and that's what you can afford and you're and like whatever. And if you would rather save, hey. I could buy this tent for $500 more. I can get this one. I'd rather spend the $500 on a plane ticket to go hike the Wonderland Trail. And the extra weight is I would rather go to the Wonderland Trail and carry the extra weight than not go to the Wonderland Trail and have a super light tent, right? Sure. So it's like, you know, it's it's each their own. I think the um, – and I'm going to try to be is um, <laughs> diplomatic here. Like this is like really not not calling somebody out. I think – in our space, when you have comparable products made with comparable fabrics and and um, 
from different manufacturers where one's made in the US and one isn't. I'm not even going to talk about the the product itself. Let's just say that they are equal in every way. Sure. Okay. So what what's what has happened, what is happening is you have companies um like us that still manufacture in the US and there's a lot more cottage companies that I would genuinely refer to it's still sure. as cottage companies and a lot popping up all the time that are doing it. So let's take the duplex, for example, the duplex tent, the duplex tent pricing showed what the market will bear. Right. Okay. So we sell the duplex tent. We know that this is what the market would bear. If we go $25 up, sales will slow down, whatever, or we hypothesize it or whatever, but let's say we know what the market will bear. Okay. Now I'm company B and I make an equivalent tent, just as just as good, same materials, right? We're not talking about the the quality of the product list. We're just going to say that they're equivalent. Well, if I make that same tent overseas and it comes in, I know that I can sell it for what the duplex costs because ZPAX for ten years has proven the market will bear that price. Right. So those companies are going to make a higher margin selling an equivalent product than we are so like you could i don't this is a dangerous thing to say but it's like you could be like the company that's making it in the u.s isn't ripping us off because their margin is low the right. company that's making it in a foreign country and is making like you know exponentially more profit like they're the ones that are taking like they're being the greedier company or whatever but oh, okay I see what I, but i yeah. what i will say is that is business. You, sure. No sure matter what you're selling widgets, you're always going to charge what the market will bear. But it, so it's difficult. So it's like, okay, you make an equivalent product overseas, you're going to get a higher margin. Sure. Okay. We make our product in the US. What's the benefit of that? Right. And for, right. and for us, the benefit of it is flexibility. Right. And so I'll give a really, really good example because it's super fresh is we recently came out with an offset duo tent, which has a ton of room. It's a, I'm very excited here's, about that Here's tent. the plug, folks. No, no. <laughs> but, right, and then we came out with a three-person yeah, yeah. version, right? And so we were working on, because it was easy to scale up from the two to three, but we kind of came out with a three-person before one person because it was easier just, like, sure. to do it. So we were, internally, there was debate on the approach for our one-person version of it. And finally, on Thursday or Wednesday at two, we agreed that we were going to take a certain approach. So at two, we designed the cut files. At three, we cut those files on a cutting machine. And the next morning, it was made and finished before noon. We set it up to make sure it was good to go. I have it with me today. I get to see it tonight. You get to see it tonight. And I'm going to sleep in it tonight. So that's what we have. We have a Matt's here double dutying. Yeah. He's doing a podcast yeah. and testing. Yeah. There. So we have the flexibility to bring products to market much sure. faster. We can serve our, our community and do things quicker. Also, because we're not ordering, this is uh, every industry. If you're ordering something overseas, you, you're placing these huge orders, usually six, six months, a year in advance. Like you're talking like oh, yeah. hundreds of units. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, what happens when, and, and I'm doing it on a small scale. Right yeah, yeah. Now. And so I've seen this, and this is not naming names, I've seen this with some recent competitor releases where it's like they're, every time they get a new shipment, it's like, oh, this has been updated and we updated this. Oh, this has been updated, we updated this. Oh, this has been updated, we updated this. 
what we do is we get in the Joe's thing has three complaints. Basically, if a customer complains, yeah, you told me that. Yeah, if, <laughs> if a customer complains about something three times, like we do something about it. Yeah. Basically, okay, this is this is enough of a thing that's happening. I want everyone listening to to hear that. Think yeah. about that for a second. Please do. Just three people yeah. that complain. I'll, I want to make the products better. <laughs> so complain, like, please. But uh, so what we do is because we don't have secret. Yeah, we don't have hundreds of things in stock that we ordered six months ago. Sure. It's like, oh, okay. Because, you know, we're not made to order, but we keep low stock levels on purpose to be flexible uh, and not tie up all of our gear. Is We'll make that change immediately. Like, oh, this is a thing. We'll talk about it. How's the fix? What's the fix? And then, you know, within a week, the production line is making that fix. Right. Oh, another thing happened? Okay, the production line is making that fix. Well, you're able to adjust things on the fly. And yeah, and so we go. get a lot more flexibility. Um, and obviously that comes at a higher price tag. Well, un- un- unfortunately, yeah. but yeah, it sure does. But yeah, but it's like work. Well, I mean, I wanted the yeah. same thing. Like, yeah. so the way I was doing evolved whenever we first started, and again, yeah. like we're at the first stage of being in the garage, the three people being in the garage thing. But you know, I our prototyping shop was yeah. not here in Flagstaff, and then recently I decided to move it here, and now I have a sewing machine. Now there's a cutting table. Now I have a shop to do that because, yeah. you know, just like what you're talking about, like in order to keep developing and, and making things better and improving things, it's like having it right there is, you know, yeah, yeah. It is, is the better option. And obviously that cost me a lot more, right? I had to add on to my space. I had to buy yeah, an industrial yeah. sewing machine. And all somebody's got to pay for that. Somebody's got to yeah. pay for that. And you're, and you, and you, and I mean, this is, a, I'm not, you can say what you want, but like you're still early enough into your journey where yeah. this, this is like, you're not, getting rich you're not buying like fancy cars no. yeah like you may not even necessarily be paying yourself you're just doing enough to stay afloat right yeah. and so it's like yeah like that it's like that's a real deal it's like a real thing and i and i think for us like joe is 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 neurotic in a good way like right <laughs> to the point where like and for me too like with the design team is like that that's the thing that like pushes us that's the thing that drives us we've got too many things going on right to spend six months deal with language barriers to try to lock in a new product and deal with them sending us samples it's like like we we make prototypes oh that sucks and then the next day the next version okay and like we you know we can tweak it in a week or two to you know usually to get it locked in yeah and it's like and then okay then we do our you know, our, our plan to launch and like we can be launched in three weeks or a month and like have have stock on the shelf when we when we launch it, right? So it's about innovation for us. It really is yeah. about pushing and innovating. And there's a huge value in that to us. And I think we pay the price in margin by being made sure. in the US for that. So it, you know, I'm not gonna lie, it's like how like as a business person, like how bad like must it feel to be like Oh, that person is selling a quote unquote equivalent and you know because of their approach that they're they make more money on each one of sure. those than, than you. And it's like, ah, oh, that's you know, that sucks, but it's like, but we think our products here's the not the equivalent, but we think our product is better. <laughs> like, you know, right, right. and like we think the fact that like we can make a change and or come out with a, a slightly bigger version or a slightly smaller version, it's like there's so much value for the customers. The customers don't have to wait when they request something a really, really long time right. to get it. Right. Yeah, I think it kind of comes down to like a, a 
a company ethic, right? Of yeah. like how I want to run my company and just the overall, you know, kind of, yeah, like, the ethics. Like I can't even imagine like um, companies that make more like commodities, like things that a lot of companies make, especially and things that you know you can get overseas. Like there's right. thousands of companies overseas making these things. It's like you how do you compete again? Well, I also think it's like you're constantly competing with yourself, right? Of like what you just said. It's like, I know that they're getting something very similar made and they're paying less than what we're paying, but I'm fighting my own ethics of like, well, do I make more money or do I like want the ability to change my stuff and, and take care of people that work for me and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And again, I think that's kind of where this whole, like a a lot of people not trusting companies or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, kind of comes from of like, well, I don't know. Like, your tent's a little more pricier than that one, or yeah, you know, yeah. It's it's so tough. You know, no, we didn't even touch on like, you know, keeping the the money in your local economy and right. like what that does. You know, giving people those jobs and like all those things. We didn't even touch on that. Like, that's a huge part that like we help our community. Like, we we are part of. Yeah, you know, we're a large employer in our in our space. So it's, you know, that's rewarding uh in its own right too right so there's there's a lot of facets to it but i think for us um the flexibility and the uh, and the ability to bring a new product to market right is is like uh, well worth it well worth it so speaking of ethics (laughs) i keep using the word ethics because Mm -hmm. I want to touch on something. I, I want to bring something to light on the mm-hmm. podcast. I want to have a conversation with you about something that's oh so fun. Um, well, because we're talking about ethics, and you just said like keeping your money and community and and um, and stuff like that. You know, something that you and I I think have talked about a lot in the past is like ethics as just even an outdoor company. Oh yeah. Um, as I've said in the past, um, and as I said at the start of the this episode, like. I've had my ins and outs with some companies in the industry. Anybody that's been following this podcast for long enough or watched my videos for long enough has has definitely seen, heard uh, the nods and the winks. And I'm not very direct about it. I'm, I'm usually like there'll be a little nod and a wink to something. Um, maybe I'll put something in a thumbnail. Maybe I'll say something. Um Maybe I'll take something off of one of my products, like I'll remove a patch or a logo or something. <laughs> um, or maybe I'll say something like in a review where I'm like, you know, even though I don't agree with this company's ethics. I heard that before. Yeah, you've heard that one? You, I heard you say that before. <laughs> you heard me say that? Um, you know, so again, I've, I have this weird relationship with companies in this industry because people have heard me bitch about companies and and bitch about things in a lot of different mediums that I've done over the years. Um, And I think there's all kinds of weird like narratives and a lot of confusion because sometimes I don't want to say anything. So I do just do the little nod and then people take it and kind of create their own narrative. I and think story you like that it. a little bit. I do. I there's do. some of me that like, and it's like you're, there's I also some of it that annoys the piss out of me. I don't, me. I don't know that you're nearly as subtle as you're playing that you, that you, Oh, I'm sure I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and some of those things aren't meant to be subtle at all. Some of those things are meant to be very direct. And if like, if you catch it, you catch it. And if you don't, you yeah, don't, yeah. um, you know, I, not too long ago, 
I posted something on uh, <laughs> on Instagram that I'll I'll be hundred percent honest. I regret doing. Um, I, I I there was a wink and a nod to something, and I was a, being a bit of a smartass when I posted it. Um, but it was to a sit- it was to a certain gear company that I've mm-hmm. had a relationship with in the past, and we'll say to save face. The situation didn't turn out great. It put me in a weird position. Um, I'm still battling with that every day. And uh, regardless. Um, <laughs> you you want to talk about it? Eh. <laughs> oh, I'll do an episode one of these days <laughs> where I just tell that I'd entire love, story. I'd love to know how you feel about this story. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll do an episode to. where I tell the entire story. Will I'll, it be I'm on Patreon do... only? No. <laughs> no, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make sure everybody understands. Anyways. I posted something and, you know, people take it and they twist it and they turn it into what they think the story is. Well, years ago. Isn't that the equivalent of like vague booking? Aren't you vague <laughs> what booking? What is vague booking? I've never heard that yeah, term. It's like when yeah, you people post these like vague status updates on Facebook. I'm dating myself because I don't even, I haven't used Facebook. I've like never you. heard of that. Yeah, phrase. yeah. That's like what you're doing. Vague booking. You're, vague you're, booking. You're, you're, you're basically vague booking. You're, I guess I'm vague you're booking. You're like, I'm not going to tell you. But I'm gonna infer what I want to <laughs> tell you, and I'm gonna let you run with. You're a vague booker. So years ago, <laughs> speaking of ethics, I made a, a review video on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I said in the video, I was like, "Hey, you know this tent's great, and sure, honestly, like it really is. Like I, I don't have a lot of complaints about it, and sure, I, I remember exactly what I said because I just watched it the other day. Do you know exactly what I said? I mean, you paraphrased it already. So, so sure, I could complain about the price, um, or the fact that the company doesn't exactly share the same ethics as I do. That's the line yeah, directly yeah. from the video. Subtle, very subtle. Yeah, I mean, and I said, but I digress, and I continued. Yeah, yeah. And that was it. I never said anything else. I have read all kinds of wacky things about what that means. I have, I've had people come up to me uh, recently. Um, my company, Evolve Supply Co. and Z-Packs, uh, did a product together. We did uh, the Sun Hoodie, the beautiful, Mirage. Beautiful product. Beautiful product. Um, there's a little plug for both of us. Yeah. Uh, available at both of our websites. And I got multiple comments and emails, and I don't know if you did too, that said, I thought no. I thought that something happened between you and Z-Packs, or I thought that they did you wrong, or I thought that... I got a couple different emails from people. Um like it's surprising to see you working with them or that that's one of them somebody yeah, said yeah. it's surprising to see you working with them after what they did well and what did we do and that was <laughs> kind of my point i was thinking like oh well i never told anybody that story so i don't know what they think that they did so I wanted to touch on that because I yeah, thought it was which funny. Is fu- which is funny. And I heard you recently yeah. bring it up on a podcast. And I got it wrong a little bit. You got it wrong. You got the story wrong. Yeah, see, perspective, my friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we could talk about it. but um, I want to talk about it. And yeah. The reason I want to talk about it I is because- Nothing to hide. I think that that kind of plays into the whole like trusting companies yeah, yeah. or not trusting companies. Yeah. And, like, where a company's actual ethics are and like how they're leading their company, how they're doing it, how they're treating not only the customers and, you know, their yeah. prices and their manufacturing, but also like the people they work with and mm-hmm. and the audience, um, you know, who they're marketing to, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So kind of the... Do you want to lead put, the story? Maybe I'll put a drum roll 
Oh man! Like in it? No, you know what? I'm gonna have you lead the no. story because I want to hear your first. No, because this is yeah, this is what I've already <laughs> led the story and I got it wrong. But maybe, but I have well, talked to you since, so maybe I can get the it more ethics right. thing. Really comes from in 2019, and I've talked about it tons here on the podcast. I shot a documentary, and it was called Through the Great Southwest. Yeah, um, it's about the Arizona Trail, and first time ever, um, I decided to bring on sponsors for the film. Now, since I have you here in the room. Oh, that's a whole nother. Yeah, that's a no, have dude. you here in the room. Oh. Has Z Packs ever sponsored me? Sponsored in like as a person? Yeah. Like giving you money? Yes. In a spot in a sponsorship? Well, no. No. We've we've sponsored a pro- projects. Right. Correct. But I was never sponsored by Z-Packs. Oh, is this a sore point for you? No, no. Um, no, I'm just clearing the air. I just think it's funny. So there's a lot of people that think that I was sponsored. Yeah, by no, yeah. Because I use so much of your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, which we appreciated. No, I would say yeah, like you're a, welcome. Thank you. I mean, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome, Joe. Um, no, um, <laughs> we've never sponsored a hiker ever. I mean, I think no? that, have you not? I think there might be some gray area where we sponsor definitely projects. Yeah, we've sponsored projects. Yeah, but there's like we've never like had a hiker on payroll. Sure, we've never paid anybody to do a review. Right. Um, no, it's it's always been like we've given gear away to reviewers and hope, but with always the um, expectation they were given honest review. Right. But like no, we uh, we have an affiliate program, but we but that's not. No, we don't just be like, oh, hey, person, we're going to pay you to be. Well, I think a lot of people don't understand that like smaller companies can't afford to just sponsor. No, no. I mean, and I honestly, I think um, influencers themselves, let alone the, just a general audience, I think they think that influencers make companies way more money than they do. Right. There's really a small amount of true purchase influencers people who are who are actually influencing purchase purchases it's like if you take a cool picture of you in using a tent or a backpack in a cool spot and like you you know you give it to an outdoor company and they post that like like and they put a link to the product that you're using it doesn't make any money it's like no one clicks on like very 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 few times that someone click on that and make money like you you didn't influence anybody through us. Um, and the affiliate program shows who the real influencers are, right? right? And it's there's not a lot of people truly influencing sales. Right. And, and so I, I think there's not nearly as much money there as the community may think. Right, right. right? There, there's a reason there's only a, a small handful of people who are doing it full-time. Sure. And it's a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so... In 2019, I, I, I decided to reach out to a bunch of companies that I worked with in the past and whether that was working with of just like, uh, you know, being an affiliate or, or whether that was, you know, companies that I just used a lot of their stuff because I've always, I've always wanted to buy my stuff. So example, my duplex, I bought my duplex. I bought my, uh, my pack from you guys, um, all those years ago, like way before I even knew you, before I ever met you guys. So, you know, I always wanted to to work with, if I was going to work on a project, I always wanted to work with companies that I had 
trusted or used in the past and that I really like their stuff. Not because they were paying me to use it, not because they were influencing me to say anything about it, just because I liked it. It's something that worked for me for thousands of miles. Now, there's a lot of different like YouTubers and stuff. Some people don't do what I did for so many years and don't go out and like literally use stuff for thousands of miles. They're just going on backpacking trips and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But you know, the reason they're really jacked about the gear is probably because the company is like, Hey, can you go check this out and then give us some feedback about it and talk about it on your channel? Oh, can we sponsor that? Cool. Totally awesome. That's fine. But I didn't ever do that. So when I went to go make through the great, through the great Southwest, we needed we had a budget we, yeah, yeah. we needed to fill the budget and and pay for the time it took me to film it and edit it and all the work that went into it literally a year of my life went into that film um so we brought a couple companies on and zpax was one of those companies and i believe correct me if i'm wrong correct me if i'm wrong our only support for you in that was not financial it was nope. only gear itself it gear, was gear to be which used. is funny because i remember i'll be 100 percent transparent with you yeah. it was more about getting you guys on as a sponsor because exposure exposure for the film boy, that was the biggest thing boy did me. you mess up there <laughs> <laughs> so that was the biggest thing was the exposure of it yeah because i mean i'll be i'm not and again i'm not going to use names we got it funded and we got yeah. it funded pretty early on yeah. by um, a certain company that was kind of the the main sponsor of the film. Mm -hmm. They funded it, and they're awesome for doing that, and I totally appreciate that. I got a hold of you guys. It was more in my brain. It was like, oh, exposure. We it, The more companies that I've worked with in the past that have a big audience, if I get the film there, um, because the whole point of the film was to raise money and make money for public lands in the Arizona Trail Association. Um that'll be good. And you guys are like, well, we can throw you some gear. And at that time, I remember I was like, well, I already have all the gear I would ever use from yeah, you guys yeah. anyways that, that I own. God, there's so much better. There's like so much of like, not even with you, there's so much like another side. Si maybe I'll get into it. Like it, <laughs> if, if it works, well, I'll get into it. But yeah, it's so interesting to hear you, hear you talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, but I was like, oh, but, uh, the guy who's filming with me, like he could probably use a tent and he could use. So I, you guys sent some stuff to him actually in the film. There's some shots of some Z packs gear. And the main shot is of a duplex being set up because we wanted to feature yeah, yeah. gear. That was my duplex that I bought back in 2017. It wasn't even given to me. <laughs> so it was more about the logo. Well, what happened was we premiered the film here in Flagstaff a bunch of the companies came out for the film. Uh, you guys weren't able to come out, which is cool. Yeah. Um, it, it, it upset me a little bit. I, I was a little oh, upset about it. I can't wait to respond to all of this. Just this part. Let's just leave this as one <laughs> nugget to, to dissect. Okay. So you guys didn't come out for that. Um, even though, even though like a month before then I came up to Salt Lake city with my oh, editing did. partner to see the premiere of the film that you guys were in. You did do that, didn't I you? I know. That was very nice of you. It was very, very nice of me. And I wasn't sponsoring it your was, film. It was, it was so good to see you there. <laughs> so the film came out. When the film came out, uh, when, it, when it premiered here, again, all the other companies were here. When the film was put out online and the trailers were dropped, um, all the other companies... Um, Push it hard. They pushed it hard. They they promoted it. They 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 put a post up uh, every time that we 
we would tag because that was part of the thing. It's yeah, like, yeah. well, when whenever we shoot a behind the scenes thing or we release a clip, we'll tag all the companies in it. Yeah. You know, um, you know what we did? <laughs> not not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot. I think all. I think I'm whatever. I'll okay, continue. Continue. So the film comes out. Everybody promotes it. People send out emails yeah, and yeah. all this stuff. And one company didn't promote it really at all. It, uh, it, there might have been one thing. There was the email. You guys sent an email. But it was after I reminded you. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, this is a long time ago. But hold on. So, okay. So the, I don't think this. This is such an old story. This is just oh, This is a good one. Straight. This is good. Yeah, I know. It's oh, great. F- I love this it. This is good content. I love it. Okay. So could you. I would love you to get to the email you sent us. Like, and then let's Ooh. and then let's stop there. I should, I should pull up the email. Oh, oh, that might hurt my feelings. Yeah, that might be too much. Okay, so I'm okay, but <laughs> I just don't want to waste the time to pull it up. So, so if you describe the email, then we'll pause and then let me respond. Um. So basically, I was upset. I was upset because, in my eyes, after all these years of of using gear from certain companies and helping to promote their products, and again doing it, not being paid, uh, and in a lot of cases, and even in this case, not even an affiliate of the company. So like, even when I'm talking oh, about yeah, at a that product, point, yeah, at that point, I wasn't a ZPAX affiliate. No, no. Um, talking about stuff, and in my eyes, like literally marketing products for people that I bought that I wasn't getting paid to do. Um, and a lot of that's under my own, you know, that's my own mm-hmm. rules. I decided like, no, even if you would have said like, Hey man, we'll give you uh, X amount of dollars to mention this in your next video. I would have told you, no, it's how yeah, I yeah. am. It's mm-hmm. how I was. Um, so I, I do all this promotion and then I get a company to sign up to put their, their logo on oh, my yeah. film and you know, in my eyes, again, like no monetary value. No, like, we didn't give you anything. No money, no gear personally, because all that went to the other guy that ended up not even being on the project. <laughs> yeah, That's a whole other story. You should tell that story. That's so a Patreon story. The film comes out, everybody promotes it except for Z-Packs. They didn't do it. It upset me because, again, in my mind, I'm like, well, I've been promoting this company's stuff for free for oh. years. And yeah. And they didn't even, you know, they, they couldn't even repost something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> couldn't yeah. Repost a story. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so I sent an email that was a, uh, was a probably a shocking email for you guys. Maybe oh, so much. It was. And it was personal. Oh yeah, it was personal. Because I make my emails personal. It was personal. It was shocking. It was. Um, God, it made me feel like honestly, I I don't usually get an email. Can, can you paraphrase what I said? That makes me. Feel. Oh, let's try to pair. I can only paraphrase the way I feel. I felt. <laughs> no. Uh, basically, it was like. Um, basically, yeah. Basically, I, I, I'm trying to. God, it's a long. As long as you're talking, it's a long time ago. This was yeah. Beginning but, of 2020. Yeah, beginning of 2020. But basically, it was like you're showing your uh, frustration. I think yeah. immense frustration at at that, and also we had. There's a second part to this is uh, we had worked together to relaunch the Altiplex 10. Yeah. Which, like, so anybody that doesn't know that story, yeah. I was looking literally like when I made the video called In Search for the Perfect yeah. Tent. Like I was looking for a perfect tent. And Matt was actually out here on a trip with me. Sorry, Mateo. Mateo. Yeah, um, in December. Yeah. Yeah. You were out here and we were on a hike and we were talking tents. And I was using, I was trying another tent at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're yeah. like, well, what is it that you're looking for? And I was like, this, this, and this. And you're like, oh, 
that kind of sounds like a tent we used to make called the Altiplex. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember the Altiplex. I almost bought one years ago. And then it kind of stuck in my brain. And then I asked you guys to make me a one-off Altiplex. I was like, yeah. whatever, I got to pay for it. If you guys still have that pattern, will you make that tent for Yeah, me? yeah. And then through talking, you're like, yeah, we'll make the tent yeah. for you. So you guys made me a one-off. And then, I, well, I made one. You, you made a two-off, right? Because you made yourself one. No, no, I made one. And I was like, if we're going to do this, I didn't like the way it pitched. Um, I, I was Because at that time, we n- didn't really use cat cuts yeah. in our tents. Um, I was like, if we're going to do this. There's some industry jargon. Yeah, yeah, catenary cut. Um, <laughs> if we're going to do this, I want it to pitch better. I want it to look better. So, like, actually, uh, I personally, personally spent a lot of time getting that tent updated to make it a better tent. Yeah. And then we sent it to you. Yeah. Yeah. So I get the tent. Per, I was that was personal. Purchased it at full price. Yeah. Which I think you guys charged me like the original price of the Altiplex, maybe. I don't I can't remember. Something that. like that. Um but you you that it was by choice. You wanted even in that video, yeah. I show the receipt of what yeah, I paid yeah. for it and yeah, stuff. Because yeah. <laughs> I wanted to prove I'm like, I yeah, swear yeah. they didn't give me this tent. We made it for you. You made it for me. Yeah. At my request. Um and then uh you guys reached out and you said, hey, so we're thinking about re-releasing this and seeing if other people want it. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, when are you going to put out a video? Are you going to make a video about it? And when are you going to put it out? Because we might try to coordinate that when this gets released. You know, and that that coordination was a very successful day. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen the numbers. <laughs> yeah, it was a very successful day. So do you want to tell this part of the story? Um. Okay, so now I want to now this yeah. is pause, pause there. Okay, great. This is good. This, this is, is good. good. People oh are gonna my love god, this. maybe I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll see how I'm smiling and laughing and think that I'm like a heartless person. <laughs> they'll be like, "This is why you don't trust outdoor gear yeah. companies." But I'm only do, I'm only doing this because because we've worked through. Hey, you do this to humor me. <laughs> no, 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 I'm doing this because we kind of worked through it and like we're here laughing, not about to beat each other's asses. So. <laughs> So if that was the case, then my my demeanor would be much different. No, so like, uh, you're you're right. Let's see. Let where do we start? Yeah, we didn't give you any money. We gave you gear, a hundred percent. And you gave me more gear. Gave you more gear. We gave you more <laughs> you gear. Give me gear. I gave I gave somebody else who sent me an invitation recently gear. I think. Uh, but anyway, uh, so anyway, so we didn't do that. And then. Oh, where do I, how do I timeline this? Because it's chronic. I feel it's, like it's a weird. It's so much. It's, this is to be like time. that memento movie. I'm going to be like jumping all around timeline. I, I promise everybody, it has a really interesting happy ending. Okay, so all right, so let's yeah, let's start with the trip in December. Yeah, because this is the part that made me. If without without December, I wouldn't have, have feelings when you sent the email. Oh. So um, I came out. In December, with a buddy, I'm not going to name name names because I because there was and there was some personal stuff going on. Oh, I was about to drop. <laughs> yeah. you said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Well, well, you know, it's been there was some personal stuff going on with with a mutual. I think at that point it was probably an acquaintance. We were probably just acquaintances when we arrived. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we came out, and when we were here the first day, uh, our our buddy got some really. Bad news, really, really bad yeah. news, and we we're literally about to go on a hike, and like his life literally like was coming apart. Yeah, and um, he was gonna fly back home, and we and 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 it and this really amazing thing happened where it was like 
Because up at that point, I really only knew, like I said, we were acquaintances. I really only knew knew Darwin as the internet personality. You knew Darwin. I knew Darwin, and we were Nick. and we were coming, and and he and he'll tell you it, he's a guarded person. He doesn't trust people easily, and all these things. And through and through this, like I have good reason. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred. And and I learned a lot of those reasons in that in that in the rest of that trip, we convinced everybody to stay. And it, and it really got to you and I consoling our, our now we, now we were friends for sure. Yeah, yeah. Consoling our friend. And you really opened up as Nick yeah. and you told a lot of backstory for you that I'm sure you don't do often. Right. And like, you know, and I was also sharing and we were, it was like, we were bearing ourselves to one another while, using that to help our buddy. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a very transformative trip for me. I don't I haven't really really got this like into it for you, but it was like a really meaningful trip for me and I felt that I was so happy to have built a real connection with you beyond yeah. Darwin because I say this all the time when I do my business uh relationships with through Zpacks is I tell people this. I'm like, I want to build a type of relationship where if I'm in town, you'll let me sleep on your floor. And if you're in town, I'll let you sleep on my floor. This isn't transactional. We're going to build a real relationship. We're going to do something. And like, I felt like I achieved that on such a high level with you. Okay. So like, so that's important for what, for my feelings when it goes on. Okay. So now let's go. When I send the punch in the face email. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, and like I said, um, I felt like I've co-parented Z-Packs a little bit. So like I'm also um, protective, right? And like, you know, somebody calls you out on anything, you you want to be defensive. Like your first posture is usually defensive. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, so go back to that time in Z-Packs' history, independent of your situation. We didn't have a marketing team yeah. or marketing budget basically until like that year, right? It was all word of mouth from people like you, right? It it wasn't like we weren't reaching out, offering gear. We weren't soliciting anything. It was just like people were buying our gear like you. People were saying how amazing it was and how it really helped their hike and all this stuff. And it really, we were a word of mouth company for, for, you know, the better part of eight, nine years. You know, I would say still today, other people talking about us makes us way more money than us talking about us or running ads. It's 100%, right? So we just had formed a marketing team. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. Our budget, because we had somebody at the time who had come in, it's one of the professional people we brought from the outside, and it was like new, and did we real? We were growing exponentially year over year. Did we really need to even have this? Like, because we were achieving it for free, basically, yeah. and all these things. And so the bucket budget was really low. So there was there, I wasn't empowered to like give money at all to right. anything right. at all. The only the only thing we spent money on in terms of actual dollars on was the registration fee for a trade show. Sure, and that was it. And getting to and from that was it. Right. That was it. There was no budget. And so, uh, so anyway, so that, so that happens. So that's why you're not getting any money. That's why we were, we were, we were being tight and that just wasn't you. That was anybody. Right. And like, if anybody was going to get it, like how influential you were at that time, even, you know, you've grown and influence, but even then, 
you were immensely uh, influential. So then it was like, okay. Then marketing team is fairly new. We weren't sending out emails. Like we we weren't seasoned email campaign people. The ball got dropped 100% on yeah. that. We didn't know what we were doing and we dropped the ball. And like we didn't know how to, and that we hadn't really ever promoted anything like basically at all. Like we weren't even promoting new releases with emails. Right. We literally weren't, like we were learning what we were doing and um and like we dropped the ball a hundred percent. And like I can apologize to you now about it. It didn't make a difference because what we didn't do affected in that moment real exposure, real influence, what that project could have potentially been or our impact and influence. I can apologize all day for it now and give you I don't want to say excuses, reasons. Like there, this yeah. is why it's I'm not an excuse. This was the reality of the situation. And so it's like, that sucks. So like, but I didn't, I didn't even realize we were an inept yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then the email comes. <laughs> right. Well, so there's the Ultiplex thing too. Yeah. Well, 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 did yeah. the email uh, come first? Well, no, no. That's no, right. The email the came out. All right. Yeah. yeah. It all hit at one oh, time. Oh, boy, you got your crawl. Your so, well, hold on. What? So do you remember the whole Ultiplex thing? Do you remember what, yeah, so, what I asked? Yeah, I, I believe so. So let me get – this okay. is good. I feel like well, this is terrible. We could turn <laughs> the camera – I told you podcasting's like therapy. We could turn the cameras off. We'll just do that. I mean, no, I'm, I'm okay. We can keep it. But I'm just saying like, yeah, no, this is good. Um, so I remember – this is my recollection of it. There was a point when we were developing the Ultiplex yeah. where we said we could um, – it would be nice, whatever, I'm paraphrasing, like, but it would be nice to find a way to do something with this to where some money went to the Arizona Trail. Like, right, with this release. Is that that's nope. that's what I that's what I remember. No, how I remember the first conversation being is you said something like, Well, since we're releasing this and since you helped, like maybe we call it because remember I was suggesting that we put like the old logo on there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were tent, and yeah. then did like a, a a certain number of them. Yeah, yeah. And then you said something like, oh, maybe we can make it like the Darwin edition. And I said, I don't dig that idea, but because we're doing something right now with the Arizona Trail and the film and stuff like that, and I'm really wanting to get back to public lands, how about you make it a collaboration with Outdoor Evolution? Because we had done a collaboration on a, on a fanny pack with another company that I will never, you'll never hear me say the name of ever again. I think I um, saw it. Is it on the shelf out there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thought about lighting it on fire. Um, it's a, make it's, it a video. It's, it's beautiful. It's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's super cool. Um, I was like, how about Z-Pack's doing a collaboration with Outdoor Evolution? And all I ask in return is I don't want a percentage of mm -hmm. the sales. Yeah, yeah. All I ask in return is that you donate whatever percentage that you would give me for being the collaborator for it. And you donate it to either the Arizona Trail Association or just your local public lands. I was like, hell, donate it to the Florida Trail. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you guys are based in Florida, donate it to the Florida Trail. That was what I asked. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, well, <laughs> but I mean, I, I kind of skipped to the end part of it. But yeah, yeah, there was, I would say, exploratory conversations right, right. about like working together right. on it. And, um, you know, that would be in poor taste, I think. But it's like, yes, as a company, there was like, we we hadn't we didn't actually ever come to an agreement. There was always like, oh, we could do something. What would it look like? What would it look like? Right. And I, and from my perspective on this, personally dealing with you, is like 
it wasn't that we didn't want to do something. It was like, it just kind of felt like we stopped. No one mentioned it again, like is what I felt right. like. And so it's like. In my in my brain, it was happening. Yeah. We'll see. But that's, yeah. And it was like, because it was like kind I wouldn't say like in passing, but it was like, it never, like we never came to like the plan. Like there was never like a, flush, a fleshed out plan right. that like it kind of launched without a plan and nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. I, I put the video out. You guys launched the tent. Yeah. It was uh, wildly successful. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you you were in the affiliate program. I was in so, affiliate program so, at so that point. That, the wild success also spilled over. It, it did trickle down there. There we go. We it all, <laughs> A little bit of trickle it's down. It's like stand-up comedy. It all ties back to But yeah, because of that, th- because of the Arizona Trail film, literally at the exact same time, those two things happened at the exact same time. Strongly worded email. Yeah, super strongly worded email. Oh, um, I was devastated when I read that. Yeah. And I was pissed. I was pissed. I I sent, do you remember me sending a, back a big box? Uh, yeah. Of uh, a bunch of Z-Bucks Not only here? do I remember you sending back a big box, <laughs> I remember you posting that you were sending back gear to certain companies. <laughs> and it was very obvious the box that where it was going. It was going to you guys, yeah. Subtle. That's you're what very talking good. about. That's the subtle uh, shit. You're so very subtle. What did you call it again? What booking? <laughs> a fa- a vague booking. Vague booking. Yeah, that was yeah. vague booking. <laughs> No, that was pretty. <laughs> it was pretty good, right? Yeah, 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 because I do these little jabs where I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just tell people straight up, but I will make a wink and a nod to yeah. the company or the person that I'm trying to say something to. Yeah, it's not to tell the the general public. It's more to tell you of like, hey, yeah, <laughs> I want you to get this. Just, I want you to get this message. Yeah, you just include everybody else in, in it. Yeah, no, no, and I think. Um, I don't know where you want to go for, for well, from I was going to say in that video, you know, I had said something about ethics and what I meant by that, I heard you recently on another podcast and, uh, the host asked you something about that whole situation mm-hmm. and then said something about, was he upset? And I I've read this, I've read this in comments. Yeah. He was upset because you didn't want to be a part of the give a shit program. What people don't understand yeah. where people take that out of context, that started the give a shit program. It's literally called yeah. give a shit yeah. because in my eyes, Z-Packs didn't. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, well, I'm going to call this campaign give a shit oh. and ask all these other companies that I've worked with to step up and donate and give back to public lands, which then yeah. in return yeah. so, inspired. Yeah. So that this is this is, and I remember having months later, I think it was, you sent that in February. I think yeah. I think it took until June for us to have a real like you and I. Like I was outside in my driveway at my house, yeah. and we had like a two hour like chat, and we kind of uh, worked through a lot of it. Yeah, uh, not all the way, I don't think, but we worked through <laughs> a lot of it. And it was like, but I look back now at that email, which gave me such strong feelings, as one of the best things that ever happened to our company. There you go. And I've thanked you multiple times for sending that email because we were exponential growth year over year and it was like and being made in the u.s like manufacturing product uh, processes all these things we were so distracted by just keeping our heads above water that we ignored a lot of things right it was it was like you know the growing pains of uh going through that and it was awesome to come to the realization that like we sucked at 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 following through on a few things uh and the main thing was 
not necessarily like giving a portion of the Altiplex sales to the Arizona Trail. It was like giving to any to any of these right. things. And it wasn't like we were trying to be stingy or whatever. It was just like like nobody was in charge of thinking about that. We didn't have a donations program and the marketing team barely existed. So it was like so that's was the catalyst for our uh giving back together right uh campaign which I'm, I don't, I feel like gross after that, even plugging, plugging it, but it, but it was the inspiration for it. So no, you yeah. shouldn't feel gross about yeah. that at all. But it's like, Oh, that, that was my victory in all yeah, of it. Yeah. Of like all that being said, yeah. I'm like, yes. So, so we did a campaign where we let customers a pop up when you check out or you can, I just did it the other day. Yeah. Well, thank you. Or you can, I, I just bought a new, uh, stuff sack for a, a bigger oh. quote. Oh, well, thank you. And some some light load towels. I could have saved you shipping if you told me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, did, I I thought about that after yeah, I yeah. hit buy. I'm like, ah, yeah, shit, yeah. I could have just had Matt break. Yeah, that. yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. So we started give uh, giving back together um program, which is basically a checkout. A little pop up comes up. You can donate one, three, or five dollars. And we it, originally it was the twelve national scenic hiking trails. We would we were every quarter taking we were matching whatever you gave. And then just uh, splitting it equally as that was 11 National Scenic Hiking Trails. But the New England Trail is split between two different organizations running. Mm. So we split it 11 ways and one of those ways got split twice. <laughs> so <laughs> so all the trails were getting equal amounts of money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, we, and we gave back. Um, and we sent it out every quarter. The first year we didn't – we weren't happy with the results. So we did a double match for every – and then – we did it did it again and so we still weren't happy with the results so this year is a triple match every dollar you donate we donate three dollars and you can actually um check out without buying anything you can just do a donation and we'll triple match it and this year we took a little bit different approach and that it's uh, the way i looked at it when i was designing it it's we have three three different categories and each category has multiple organizations in it but Groups that are accessing and protect or acquiring and protecting public lands. Because to me, you can't have a hiking trail or what or a mountain bike trail, any of those things without public lands to put them right. on. So let's get more public lands. Let's protect the public lands. Uh, the second group is um, organizations like a lot of the trail organizations. We actually included some global ones here as well that build and maintain the trails. So without public lands, you can't have a trail. Without organizations maintaining a trail, you can't be on the trail. Right. And the third part is organizations that um, remove barriers keeping people off of trails. Oh, okay. You know, like disabilities, and, um, you know, uh, wounded veterans and things and things like that. There's a few groups. And uh, so that's really – Really, what we what came out of that was like, okay, we need spaces for for trails. We need pe- uh, organizations running trails, and you know, maintaining them. And then we need to get as many people access to these trails. And because, and this really goes back philosophically to that email that you sent. And it, I remember talk. I think I was talking to you on that phone on the phone in June when I was in my driveway, and you used the word exploit. I remember feeling like it was such a powerful word that like my natural reaction to it, I didn't say anything, but my natural action was like, wow, that that's a strong word to use, yeah. right? And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought about it, it's like our company, we sell products dependent on people being outdoors and sure. on trails. And if these trails don't exist, we don't have a customer. Right. So 
if you aren't giving back to some sort of group or organization that's doing these things, I do believe you are using those things in an exploitive way. Like you are using the benefits that those things give. Right. Um, and making money off the people who are going to use it. And I I heard somebody make an argument not that long ago. It was like, oh, well, they're, you know, public tax dollars go to this. And it's like, it's like, Public tax dollars don't maintain these trails. No, they don't. No, and it's like these trails. parks. Yeah, all these things. So it's like something has to be done. And so it's like I could sit back here. I could apologize to you for those missteps. And I can understand and hope hope you understand that they're like we were inept at that time in certain aspects. Well, you doing all of that and what it ended up leading to was the apology. Because like when I saw that, and again, like for everyone that's ever gotten that story wrong and, and, and misunderstood it, like I called that whole thing give a shit because of that situation. So that inspired me to want to do all of that. And then in return, that inspired a company like ZPAX to actually think about that step up and then make a change so when i said that in that video they they don't believe in the same ethics that i do at that time it was true i was like or maybe that you guys weren't thinking about the same ethics that i do well that's the thing i don't i don't know if we didn't believe i don't think we weren't doing it because we didn't believe it was valuable to be doing i just think like like the way i look at it is all that time that i was really trying to like you know raise money for the Arizona Trail Association and and get people to raise money for other things. And, and I was really trying to divert all of that. Like my biggest success story out of any of that was you guys, which is funny in the grand scheme of things, like the biggest blunder in all of it You're ended welcome. up being the biggest, yeah. <laughs> being the biggest of like, oh shit. So, and, and then, that leads to something even funnier. Uh oh, there's more. Is because of that got yeah. so taken out of context. Situations that I am in, have been in, and probably yeah, currently still in with other companies, people have used that as the example too. I've seen people be like, well, he's just mad at that company because they won't give back to his give a shit campaign. And I'm just like, oh, if no. you only knew why I was really mad at that company. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fun. I mean, that's. It's That's funny. funny. <laughs> uh, no, and I, I think, and this isn't, I, it's only a little fun to say now be, because we are where we're at, but it's just like like how green we were in terms of yeah. being a company. Yeah. It's like none of us, none of the early pioneers of Z-Packs knew what the hell we were doing. Right. We were all just building gear and scratching our itch. We didn't know how to do anything like like a bigger company or a small corporation would do, and uh, and it's I've been actually saying in the last like six to eight months it was like we we've doing so many things internally, uh, and I'm like you know we're almost as inept as a normal company right because the older I get just like the middle school thing where like, like everybody I know who works for like big like government contractors like multi billion dollar co- you hear them talk about the stuff that's happening at their work like oh. Every every company is screwed up. Don't they don't know what they're doing? And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I think we're almost, I think we're almost as inept as a big company. Yeah. And, it's, <laughs> and I and I know it sounds funny to like make that your goal, but like to me, I do. Fi- I find it. It's like we all strive for perfection, but you realize there is no perfect company. Yeah. And everyone's gonna make mistakes, and everyone's gonna mess up. And I think I'm so happy that that email. Yeah. In 
email communication improved and like our support of people and and projects we were doing, how we were supporting the outdoors at all. And I'll tell you this, in the grand scheme of emails that I've sent to companies because of certain situations, yours is the most timid email (laughs) sent to a company. Um, there's a, it's funny, actually, you mentioned something about like, yeah, the whole multiplex thing happened, but Hey, at least you were an affiliate. I have brought that up in other situations before. And speaking of email, I'm going to, I'm going to read, I'm going to recite something that I put in another email that I included you guys. I've wanted to tell you this for years because of that situation. And I think it's hilarious and now's a good time to do it to another company Mm -hmm. that did me very wrong in a way worse way Mm -hmm. than what you and I just did. In that email, I actually referenced you guys because it was so close to the same timeline and we hadn't resolved all that yep. because of the whole affiliate thing. In the email, this is probably oh, this is probably a little blue for this podcast. Yep. I said, and I quote, at least when Z Pack screwed me I, talking about the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. affiliate links. Yeah. Um, and talking about the whole wink and nod and putting something subtle. Yeah. That right there was a wink and nod to the person that's listening to this that probably knows exactly. Oh, right, but they that probably read that, that email. They didn't probably they? read that email. <laughs> um, but yeah, that uh so you know, there you go. There there's the whole story of how all that came to be. So whenever people see that, like, oh, Darwin's gear company evolved is doing something with Z Packs, like I thought that something went horribly wrong. Well, in the in the grand scheme of things, it kind of went no, it went yeah. right at some point. <laughs> no, we had <laughs> took a while. We had a, a lover, a lover's quarrel, and <laughs> and we and we worked through our issues like like uh, a, like adults. Yeah, and I think we both came out on the other side in a better place. And I our think re- so. you know, our relationship's never been stronger. That's true. That's, That's true. See, and 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 here we are. Like uh, what that was the start of all that was when you were here last. Yeah, in, yeah, in December of 2019. Yeah, and I mean that's what I, like it would. I don't know. I, I didn't get so romantic about it with you, with you before, <laughs> but like honestly, it was like super meaningful. So like, come and it's funny. It's pretty romantic. We might have to pitch our tents a little further yeah, yeah. away from each other tonight. Yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> um, maybe. No, um, no, but it's like yeah. It's like that was the last time I was out here. Yeah, it was like that. So it's like full circle. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Pretty wild, right? No, it's all. It's. I'm so happy. Like, honestly, like, yeah, it's like, um, at, you know, so ha- I was so stoked that we were able to work on that, yeah. the, the sun hoodie oh, yeah. together and like finally help you get it <laughs> to market. Yeah. And God. like, just come out with a great product. And it's like, that's well received. And I was like, we, it, it was, it's such a good moment in our, in our professional yeah. relationships between ZPEX and, 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 and Darwin. Right. Yeah. 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 Finally, finally, something came together. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's tough. These, it's tough out here. It is. So, so there you go, guys. Like, uh, as far as the topic of like, can you trust outdoor gear uh, companies? I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent sure personally, because again, it's up and down with me. I've, mm-hmm. yes, in some aspects, no in others. Um, for me personally. Again, I've had good experiences. I've had bad experiences. But when it comes to the whole, you know, how gear is made and, and pricing, and hopefully this episode was, I don't know, I, I just kind of wanted to do this random episode kind of off the cuff and 
and kind of touch yeah. on all these topics, things I've been wanting to get you kind of in in the hot seat for to kind of talk about all these things. Yeah. Well, but, that was that was fun. Oh, I th- oh, you know, you know my trust gauge. Well, I have a trust gauge. Um, are are you actually part of the community? And I'm not right. talking about your company and you showing up at trade shows. Is are are you versed in the discipline? Do you do it? Do you understand what the customers want? And are you actually trying to make the customer's life on trail better? Right, because some I some th- do, and they still don't show up at trade shows at yeah. the last minute. Another yeah. wink. Yeah. Another. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did. I did. It's another vague book. <laughs> but I think I think there are some companies in our space where like that's not the case necessarily, and I think we're all serving the same customer. And and if your goal is to make their experience better, yeah, and you do it in an ethical way, and you're not just trying to exploit them for money, then like you can probably trust them. It's the companies that like maybe aren't giving back. Maybe they don't hike or mountain bike. It could be whatever the discipline is. It's like they aren't, they saw you as an opportunity to make money. Sure. They didn't see you as them and try to figure out a way to like, if you know, I'm a hiker or I'm a mountain biker or I'm a, a mountaineer or any of those things. And it's like, I'm not happy with this gear. I think I can make something better that will make other people's experience better. Yeah. I think anytime you're dealing with a company that starts there, um, you're going to be in a place where you can probably trust the company. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. In, in the grand scheme of things, I've always told people, it's like, I know it's a big thing for me when I'm buying gear from any company um, or anything from any company. Honestly, and I think most people do this to a point. It's like, I do my research. Is this a company I want to support? Oh, is yeah. this a company that I trust and that, you know, that I don't think is ripping me off, that, you know, has good ethics, it's doing something to give back maybe, um, you know, and I think there's also a big part of like, you know, the whole walk the walk, talk the talk, like are these oh, people yeah. that are doing the same thing I want to do? Are they scratching their own itch? Stuff like that. And those are the companies oh, yeah. I tend to really trust. Um and and eight times out of ten, I'm right. Yeah, <laughs> and it usually works well, out. Pe- people are people. Two times out of ten. <laughs> yeah, people are people, my friend. People are people. Um, so yeah, so yeah. Hopefully that gives everybody some good information, some good insight um, onto my thoughts on trusting companies, uh, whether it's my gear company or whether it's Z Packs or whether it's uh, another company out there that will leave unnamed or. Multiple companies, I guess, will leave done name, but hopefully that gives you a little insight into into that world. And um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm uh, we should probably stop podcasting uh, at this point and actually get out and walk. The I mean, walk how, and how many hours? How many hours did we just talk? So many, yeah, so many hours. A huge thanks to Mateo for joining me as co-host on this episode. If you want to check out some of the awesome gear that Z-Packs makes, you can visit their website at zpacks.com. If you want to help support the podcast and get bonus content like early access to episodes, hours of exclusive videos, and a couple weekly video bonus podcasts with yours truly, you can become a member of our Patreon community, and I'll leave a link in the show notes. If you've been enjoying the podcast, do us a favor and give it a rating and or a review wherever you're currently listening. Make sure to check out theoutdoorevolution.com to keep up to date with all of our new products. 
films, and more. You can follow us over on Instagram at The Outdoor Evolution. And folks, that's going to do it for another episode. Thanks so much for tuning in.